This podcast is produced by Unedited. Hi there. Welcome to the Black Magic Podcast, where we celebrate the achievements, beauty, power and resilience of British black women. This is the second season of the podcast series. I hope you'll love listening and learning the life stories of ordinary British black women, extraordinary women who inspire us with their brilliance and resilience personally and professionally. Our guests come from a range of industries, genres and generations. They will motivate, educate and inspire you. That's the magic. I'm your host, Anika Allen, and I'm excited that you've joined us to witness black girl magic in motion. Get ready to hear from women like singer Terry Walker, entrepreneur and activist Kalechi Okafor, presenter Rhea Hebden, and Priscilla from Love Island, plus many more. Some you already know of, and some you'll hear about here. Growing up, I wanted to read books, watch blockbuster films, and see television shows like Sex and the City about happy black women just living, falling in love, killing it in their careers, building businesses, and loving their lives in a world that loved them back. Not seeing this used to frustrate me immensely when I was younger, but I eventually realised that us black women, we don't have to sit by idly waiting to be noticed, which is why Kojo and Nim and I started the Black Magic Awards, to honour and celebrate black talent for their successes. And this podcast is a platform to keep the love going and to continue to hear more of those phenomenal stories. This is a space where black women can be passionate, speak their truth, have fun and be unapologetically black. In each episode, I talk to a guest about the challenges that they've overcome and their successes, providing a lowdown during lockdown. Hopefully something in their journey gives you a spark for your own magic. For the first show of the second season, we hear from internationally sought-after celebrity hairstylist Deanne Smith. She has worked with the likes of Mel B, tennis champion Venus Williams, and news presenter Charlene White, just to name a few. Lockdown may be easing, but with extra measures in place, it may not be as easy as before to get that much-needed appointment with our hairstylist. So Dion will talk about her journey, as well as giving us those much-needed hair care tips. So how are you, Dion? Oh, hi, Anika. I'm fine, thank you. Thanks for inviting me. So you've worked with lots of amazing celebrities from like the UK ones, from like Michaela Cole, Amber from Love Island, Mel B from Spice Girls, to like big US stars like Regina King and to Venus Williams. So I'm definitely going to interested in finding out more about that. But first off, what made you know you wanted to be a hairstylist? It's really weird because I actually didn't want to be a hairstylist initially. Um, I, I've always dabbled in hair. So I used to do my sister's hair every week. So that was sort of like my thing that I had to do mm. uh, was shampoo, blow dry and came over their hair for school every, two, every week for, uh, on a weekly basis, basically. Um, so I'd done that for a while. Then I started doing their friends because the friends used to like, the, like you know, the Cairo pattern designs and stuff. Then the mums come and then they wanted single braids and it just kind of grew from there. But it wasn't something that I actually considered as a career, um, you know, doing full time. So I'd done many other things and I sort of was doing it as a side hobby. Mm. And then it just got to a point where I was building so much in terms of clientele. It was getting bigger, word of mouth, that I decided to just go with it because it was almost like a natural, I just fell into it naturally. Um, And I was like, actually, this is actually all right. I can see how I could, you know, support myself doing this thing. I'm making a little bit of money and maybe I could, if I put all of my efforts into it, make enough to kind of have a life out of it. And yeah, and I decided to go for it. 
and I wish I grew up with you in my household so I could have my hair looking hot each week and things and not have to worry about doing my hair myself. <laughs> no, you actually don't because there was a time where I wish I never had little sisters. <laughs> but now, obviously, I love them to bits and I, it's so good because it, it was like, like I said, the kind of stepping stone to the career. Yeah. So I look back now and I think everything for a reason. Of course, of course. <laughs> and so, so what was that first step in kind of making it happen and making it your profession? I think... Um, I think I just decided to accept that, you know, Dion, you actually are good at this. You have got clientele going on, you know, you're getting recommendation. Um, and then I just, yeah, I thought, you know, like I said, I kind of done the math and I thought, well, I could actually make a career out of this. I could live out of it. So I then obviously gave up my job, started doing hair full time. I started initially working from home. Mm. Um, and then I kind of, it started to get really busy and the house started to get hectic. And I was just like, oh, this is crazy. Like, what do I do here? Um, and then one of my clients um, was kind of encouraging me to go into a salon. And then eventually she offered me some money and said, look, I would help you. You know, you're amazing. I really think you should do this. Like, I think she was very inspiring, this particular client. Yeah. Um, and yeah, eventually, like she came back and she mentioned it a few other times. And I said, actually, this woman's actually quite serious. Let me consider it. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, she gave me like £10,000 and it was literally an empty shop right opposite my house like <laughs> literally opposite my house she said just go over and speak to him it's been empty for ages you know he might consider well I said why would he give it to me if it's been empty for ages like we're talking years yeah um, and I went over and he said yes he'd be happy to have a hair salon he just didn't want anything in there that wasn't right or mm -hmm. anything dodgy and he could see obviously he's known and heard of me um and seen you know that I'm decent people so he says and yeah, he was happy to give me the shop. So she gave me £10,000 and I went in, paid my deposit. And he was, like, he was really flexible with all of that. Really, really great. Bought all the little bits that I needed to get started. And yeah, I, I, I started. That was my first commercial shop. And that's amazing that you had a client that had so much belief in you yeah. that was willing to put up her own money, give you 10K to kind of start your shop. And it's like, yeah. it's like, the, it's like once you realise this was your purpose, it's like the universe conspired to bring it all together, like the shops across the road, right. the landlord yeah. was happy to kind of give it you and yeah. things. And, yeah. you know, and that doesn't happen very often. So clearly this is, that was meant to be. For yeah, you. exactly. Exactly. The way it happened, it was just such a smooth transition. And even things that have happened in my career path since, which I'm sure we're going to touch on, it's like everything just naturally happened. Like it wasn't forced. I wasn't it kind of initially, I wasn't really going after things. It just kept finding me. Yeah. And that's why I was like, Dion, this was what you, this is what you was meant to do. Definitely. Like it's your calling. Exactly. Um, yeah. So you've started in a salon. What was that like? Cause I, I find like, I love going to kind of the hair salon and things, but when I kind of look at people in the salon, I think it's hard work. <laughs> it is hard work. Like standing up all day long is, it's really, you just feel drained at the end of the day. Um, but because I loved hair and I fell in love with it, like, and the passion was really, really there. Mm. Although it was draining, it was exciting at the same time because it's like you're making people feel good. You've got different clients coming in and out and you almost become like a therapist yeah. because people start to, your clients start to share their stories with you. You connect with people on a different level. It's, it's like, it just brings so many different feelings and aspects and it's just, it's such a wonderful experience. Like, for me, the best part is when the client looks in the mirror and they're just like, wow, and they're just so happy with their hair. Because yeah. it just makes you feel good. You're like, yeah, I've done that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, and they go out of the salon with a spring in their step. Some of them, they put their makeup on before they leave and they're just hopping out of the salon. So it's like a really nice feeling to know that you're bringing that joy to somebody else. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Yeah. And, and so I know you've got kids. So how did you manage kind of juggling a business with, with a family? So that was really difficult, especially when the kids were younger, um, 
because obviously I had like the school runs, like having to take them to school and then having to pick them up. But one of the benefits of running my own business was being able to have that flexibility because I was the boss. I could sort of schedule my clients around the school run. So I know that I could leave. And obviously I was local. So the salon was literally across the road from my house. I kept everything within the facilities. So it wasn't difficult for me to be able to manage that process. I used to drop them to school, go open up the salon. So I would open up the salon for like 9.30 and then I would go and pick them up. And then it got to a point where when I started to have staff, if I were like running late or over with a client, they'd either muck in with the client or they'll be like, oh Dion, I'll run around and pick up the boys for you. So yeah. it's like a really nice little family. My staff became my family and loads of them ended up doing school runs for me. And I guess it was, a, it was for them, it was like getting out of the salon as well and getting that little break, you know? Yeah. So it, it worked out really well for me. I was quite lucky and fortunate in that way cool and so um so now that's amazing so you had the salon and so how did you transition kind of from salon life to I guess the celebrity hairdresser that you are today so that was like many many years of grafting um I was approached by a photographer that must have you know people talking the industry heard about me he decided to come down to my salon one day I'd never heard of him before and he was like, oh, have you ever thought about doing any sort of awards or anything like that? And I was like, no, I've not ever thought about it. And then he kind of gave me an insight to the whole, you know, hair awards and different things like that that I could enter. And when I looked at like some of the stuff, I was just like, there's no way I can do this. Like, I am, you know, when you just kind of doubt yourself, you don't think you're as good because you're looking at all these amazing images and like, how have they got to that? Mm. So it, that was like a, a learning curve. And then I entered like my first awards with like sleek hair back in the days. Um, and I won it. And I was actually really surprised. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I won this. And then that gave me the confidence to then enter the Sensational Hair Awards. And I went in for Braid Stylist of the Air back then because I used to braid a lot and I won that. And I was like, no, this is not real. What's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> kind of thing. And then that sort of, obviously, once you start to win awards and you get on that sort of level, people start to realise who you are, like your other peer groups. And then, you know, you just get start to get noticed and established. And then I started to do a lot of stuff in the magazines. So that helped to obviously bring my brand up, like articles, photo shoots, I got a feel for that and that was like a whole journey um yeah and then just one thing led to another and then eventually Instagram came and I would <laughs> definitely say that Instagram has helped and that was probably the stepping stone to me being able to uh, get closer to celebrities and for celebrities to actually see your work yeah um, because when I got my like when a couple of the celebrities that I have worked with have said to me oh we've seen your work on Instagram where mm. I know that if that was back in the days you, you know there's no you can't just hit a celebrity up or they can't just hit you up yeah Do you know what I mean so Instagram I guess what I would say kind of bridged the gap nice um and it made it a bit easier and then obviously one celebrity you know you, you do one and then obviously you just start to do others and they talk amongst themselves. you know mm. um when I done Kiki Lane, that's what led to Regina because Regina played Kiki Lane in Bill Street. So um, when she came over, uh, she asked, I think Kiki, I done Kiki's hair and uh, my name must have popped up for Regina. And she, when I spoke to Regina, I said, how did you find me? What made you choose me? She said, oh, I was recommended, but she knew that I done Kiki's hair. So she had reached out to Kiki to say, what did you think of Dion? And Kiki was like, oh my God, Dion's the bomb. Check her Instagram. She's really, really good. And that's what gave Regina the reassurance to book me. And now obviously I'm her UK stylist. So anytime Hello. she comes in, I work with her, which is amazing. Um, but it was a long journey. Like it didn't just happen overnight. I've been in the industry for like over 20 years. Um, mm. I would say grinding and pushing probably the last 10 years, 10, 12 years, somewhere like mm. that. And then I would say the last maybe three to four years, my career started to really, really take off. 
Yeah. But yeah, if I didn't have the passion for it, I would have given up a long time ago because getting knocked back, you get loads of knockbacks, you get ignored. There's, it's just a journey. You really have to love what you do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what would you say has been the biggest challenge then in, this, in your 20 year career? You could say one. Um, for me, I felt like, because I always wanted to get agency signed because mm. um, I don't know, there was just something about agency sign back then. And I know that like, and it's horrible to think it, but people take you more serious when you're agency signed in terms of like mainstream. Um, mm. You know, it's like if you're an agency signed, they don't want to book you for jobs, you know, that sort of thing, like big jobs, like the better paying jobs, for instance. Yeah. Um, so there was a time, there was a period where I was just trying, I was approaching all the different agencies um, and I just, some of them would not even respond. Some of them was like, oh, not, you know, their books are full or not quite what they're looking for type of thing. So that was really like hard, especially when, mm. you know, no one likes rejection. It's really hard to think, oh my gosh, wow. Why is no one like interested? Um, to the point where I just gave up on it. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, I think when I started doing the celebrities and then, you know, people started to realize that I'm working with brands like Dyson and different things like that you start to kind of like become attractive. So it's like, oh, okay, well, you know, she's kind of there now type of thing. Um, and then, yeah, last year I managed to get signed last year, April. And okay, uh, it okay. wasn't even something that at that point I was actually looking for. I was just like, if I, whatever type of thing. I kind of lost all hope about it. And yeah, I managed to get signed last year, April, which was like a really good, yeah, it was, it was good. It was a nice feeling to know yeah. that, I'd, you know, finally been able to, yeah, achieve that, I guess. So for any hairdressers listening, the stylists listening that um, kind of want to get signed as well, what kind of tips can you give them? See, getting signed is like something that I still don't know the answer to. But one thing I will say um, with getting signed is the questions that kept coming up because is that they want to know that. And it's really hard because it's like you want to, they want to know who celebrities you've worked with, what brands you've worked with. Mm. But at the same time, a agencies help you to establish those things and help you to work with celebrities and help you to work with brands yeah. so it's almost like you kind of have to get there a little bit on yourself first and then they will kind of take you across the bridge yeah. which is really difficult because it's not easy for anybody to just get like celebrities under their wings as clients or to be able to work with brands where agencies feel like okay yeah this is enough but then when you get to an agency, they then expand on that. So it's, it's just really, because that's one of the things they want to know who your clients are, like what brands you work with, and all of those things are really attractive. So if you can build that, which is not the easiest thing, but if you can build that, that's what's going to attract agencies to you and want to sign you. Yeah. And so do you think that um, if you were white, you would have got signed earlier? Or if you were doing European hair more? Honestly, I do feel that because... I feel like like my struggle um, was staying in the Afro market. Mm. Um, I was told a long time ago, you know, you need to concentrate on European, you need to do more European. My thing was, there's so many amazing European stylists, like they have so many out there. There's, oh gosh, I can name so many. Um, but there's not many like really, really good like Afro stylists. Mm. And I just wanted to kind of be the best for the Afro textured kind of hair especially yeah. knowing that I had it myself and I understood it. So I guess it took me a lot longer um, to kind of build my career and get noticed in that way. But I find that since like Black Panther, you know, all that kind of stuff, like I think that's kind of changed things for us in mm. terms of like the need for black artists. And then, you know, people have been calling it out on social media. I know Gabrielle Union spoke about something once. I know Leomi Anderson, they're calling it out. Like we need to have more, you know, um, black people 
behind the scenes in these sort of places because they understand us, they understand the skin tones, they understand the hair textures, they understand. So I guess social media has really kind of helped and put a lot of pressure on these companies. We're still nowhere near where we need to be. There's still like a really uneven balance, but mm. I do feel like we are slowly taking steps in the right direction yeah no definitely and I think it's great that some of the big names have been calling out these things backstage because you know back in the day in particular I know it was really hard tough if you were like modeling and things and having someone trying to kind of style your hair and or try and do your makeup and they haven't got the right foundation or they haven't got the right kind of brush or comb so it's definitely good that people like you are in the um, industry and in a better space for it now so at the moment you know, you're at home because we're on lockdown, we're on quarantine because of the coronavirus and things. And there's lots of people out there, including myself, that kind of need some amazing hair tips. Like, how should we be looking after our hair while we're at home and we haven't got access to our amazing hairstylist? Like, it's like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's very frustrating to, you know, like to have to wash my hair myself. I'm, very, you know, I'm a bit of a diva like that. Like, I'd, I'd just rather a hairdresser do it than me <laughs> when it comes yeah. to wash hair. And, um, and so, you know, like, what are your kind of like, I guess, number one styling tips for people to be looking after their hair during this time while they're having to do it themselves? I would say that people need to definitely only concentrate on treatments. Um, so whether that be protein treatments, if your hair is breaking, deep conditioning treatments, if your hair is just like needs treating on a... Um, you know, on a, just to kind of maintain the health um, and all treatments if you're com- trying to combat any sort of dryness or um, yeah, dry scalp or um, hair feeling kind of like hard and brittle. Mm. Um, this time here is the time where all of us can come out of bondage <laughs> and give our hairs a break. Like we don't need to be going to the offices. We don't need to be running out to go to work. We're all in our houses. No one's seeing us. This is the time now where we can actually, there's no excuse. It's not like, oh, I have to go to work on Monday and I have to have my hair done or I have to put my wig on or I have to have the weaving. I would say get it all out. Just treat your hair every two weeks while you're at home and mm. just let your hair, give it, the, give it a break. Just yeah. leave it alone. Honestly, just really concentrate on giving it the treatment and just giving your hair a break. This is the time to give that hair, you know, time to kind of build itself back up before you go back to putting the wigs and the weaves on it. I think... It's almost almost like a blessing in the, in some sense because a lot of women don't get the opportunity to take breaks like this. Mm. So if you are at home um, and you're not having to go anywhere, just get those treatments on and really just let it rest. Yeah. It will appreciate it, honestly. Because definitely, because kind of Afro hair in the workplace can be so political sometimes, you do yeah. often feel pressure to have your hair look in a particular way, being kind of all yeah. neat and tidy in the wig, the weave, the braids kind of thing. Or if you've got your kind of natural hair permed, or if you, even if your hair is kind of natural with no chemicals, just having it look a certain way that takes time and yeah. energy and things. So said, if you can just relax and take a break now, just let it flow. <laughs> exactly exactly this is the best time to do it yeah so thank your blessings (laughs) (laughs) what's your number one hair product what what's a product that you can't live without well at the moment because my hair is really short and curly i just need i use like a lot of curling custards and like curling anything that's going to kind of enhance my curls Mm. um and kind of keep them anything that's got like a kind of setting agent Mm. that's going to obviously keep the curls in and make them not frizzy. That's like my go-to. Because even though my hair's, I kind of texturize my hair. So it just softens the curls a little bit and makes my curls pop a lot more. Yeah. Um, but when it's dry, it can look almost like it's natural. 
Mm. Um, so I would say anything that just enhances my curls because I like it just short and curly. And since I've gone short, I've, I'm just like, like living my best life right now. Why do you say? I mean, because you've had, I've known you a long time and yeah. you've had so many, like when I met you, you had dreads. Yeah. Um, you've had kind of like short weave, you've had, you've had all sorts of hairstyles over the years. And obviously yeah. I guess that's the beauty of being a hairdresser. You can just create different <laughs> hairstyles and you, and I know as well, I'm going to a hairdresser, I want my hairdresser's hair to look good. I hate when you go to those hairdressers and it's like, uh, your hair looks yeah. mashup. So yeah, yeah, why, yeah. why are you doing my hair? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. We fall into that trap as hairdressers because to be fair, it's, it's mad that we're judged like that, but I do get it because we're obviously, we're selling ourselves. Mm. But you'll find that nine out of 10 hairdressers actually do not look after their hair. Like we're so busy caring for everybody else that we just neglect ourselves and we don't have the time to put that effort into our own hair. Yeah. Um, so I guess this is a good time for us now as well to kind of put some, <laughs> you know, some love and care into our own hair. But yeah, I think that a lot of hairdressers, yeah, they just really fall into that where they just end up neglecting themselves. And it's not that they want to, it's just tiredness. Imagine like you're working, like some people, hairdressers work seven days a week and long hours just making everybody else look glamorous. All you want to do is go home and sleep after that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's exhausting. You're standing all day to now think about, oh, now I have to do my own. Like it's, it's, it's just difficult. <laughs> have you ever had that happen with a client? Be like, uh, I'm not sure if I want to use you, Dion. Um, to be honest, I had one experience with a new lady and that wasn't even that long ago, actually, probably within the last few years, um, where I was just having a bad day. I was just like, I can't bother to do my hair, like, but she was new. So obviously with my regular clients, they've seen me done, they've seen me undone. So it weren't nothing to them, but this particular lady, and it was weird because when I got to the door and I opened the door for her, I saw her, you know, when somebody sort of draws back and she was a bit taken away, like. And I was thinking, what's wrong with her? And I was thinking, oh, it's because I'm not done. And I knew it was that, but I didn't say anything. So yeah. I said, I'll come in, took her down to the salon. She was like, oh, this is really nice. I wasn't expecting to kind of see a full, full-on functioning salon. I said, yeah, it doesn't look like it from outside. So anyway, took her downstairs, done her hair. When I finished her hair, she was so happy. And then yeah. she confessed. She said, oh, um, Dion, I'm not being funny, but you know when you first opened the door, like, and I saw how you looked... <laughs> <laughs> I was a bit scared like I was thinking oh my gosh is that how her hair looks like I was scared to actually but you know I came in anyway because I made the appointment and I'm so glad that you've done my hair because you've done such an amazing job and then she was like I just feel really bad now for thinking what I thought so she felt so bad that she confessed it and I was like oh my gosh is that you and I say no normally I do fix up I know you're new but and then I tried to like all explain myself and stuff and she goes yes I've seen pictures of you on your Instagram and stuff but when you open the door I was just like and I, it just had me laughing. I was just like, wow, <laughs> you know, first impression really does count. Yeah, but we will have our days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But with somebody new, you like, I weren't even thinking about it. I was just like, oh, I can't bother today. And, you know, I weren't even thinking, okay, she's new. She's never seen me before. Do you know what I mean? I weren't really, but yeah, we got there. It, it worked out in the end. She was happy with her hair, like really happy. Now she's a regular client, to be fair. So. Yeah. Oh, no, fantastic. I mean, so you mentioned an Instagram there and, you know, you're, you're really good on your Insta posting, you know, um, your hair images, kind of when you're doing things behind the scenes, you'll often go kind of show things in your stories. And at the moment you've been doing kind of like a lot of like live interviews with people in the industry and stuff. Yeah. So hairstylists and salons that are kind of um, out of business right now because of the pandemic, what kind of advice can you give them to kind of be keeping busy? And, you know, is there any way that they can be making money or any way they can, things that they should be doing to kind of help with their profile at this time? Yeah. Um, it's funny you say that because I was having a conversation with somebody else in the industry and she said to me, Dion, now is not the time to go quiet. 
Mm. And that's like kind of stuck with me. So I just feel like this is the time now, you know, like when people say, okay, I want to build a website. I want to update my images. Um, I want to work on my branding. I want to improve my logo. I want to, this is the time to get all of that stuff done. Yeah. So what I would say to people is yeah, maybe go through your Instagrams, look at the kind of images you have, clean up what you need to clean up. Don't delete them, by the way, just archive them. Mm. Um, go, look, look for your website, see what needs to be updated, update your website. If you are looking to, and you've got some money, um, change your website, do that now while you know, things are down and people are not constantly looking because this mm. is a quiet period so you can do it without much interruption. So if you're updating your website, updating any branding, this is the time to do it. In terms of Instagram, just try and stay, stay at the forefront of people's minds. So maybe if you have clients, maybe set up an Instagram group if they're on Instagram or a WhatsApp group um, and send regular stuff out, hints and tips to your clients, make sure that you know, they know that you're thinking about them. Um, if you've got any images that you really love, maybe like from the past, just repost them. Make sure you're using the right hashtags so people can find you. And if there's anything you can do at home in regards to like treatments, videos, um, if you've got hair of your own that you can do sort of like maintenance or styling videos on yourself or even get a head, a mannequin head and just do some images, like create some amazing styles or do some sort of how to's on that and just just stay, stay, yeah, stay active. Don't, don't, mm. don't go quiet. The people know that you're still there. Yeah. Um, and even if you're not posting to your main page, just keep your stories ticking over. Um, mm. If you, you know, if your page is all sort of, you know, beautiful and you don't really have really good content, then just keep your stories ticking over. Just let people know that you're there still. Because the minute you disappear, people forget. Mm. Like they literally will forget until you, and then, oh yeah, blah, blah, blah. You know, there's so many people out there. So many people do. So I would say just tr try to stay active and try to, um, if you specialize in something, try to push that out. So if you're a bridal hairstylist, then push out a lot of bridal images, push out a lot of bridal advice, show people that you're professional in whatever skill, you know, you're, um, you're great at. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And you said, you can be connecting as well with other, you know, other talent and other stylists online and things, you know, like highlighting other hairdressers that you admire in your stories as well. And then you can just exactly. be reaching out and building your network and things because you never know down the line what opportunities they might have that they can connect exactly. you with as well. Exactly. Because so, that's exactly what I've been doing. Like if I see, for instance, other hairstylists that are putting on lives or any demos, I'll share it to my stories and be like, guys, check it out. Don't miss this, you know. And I notice that a lot of people are doing that. I feel like it's really weird, Anika, but I actually feel like this time it's almost brought us together more as creatives. Mm. This mm. downtime, because we've got time to talk to each other now, learn about each other. Like, I've done a few lives. I've done some with people in Nigeria, in the States, here. And I've learned stuff about hairstylists that I probably would have never known if this never happened, because we wouldn't have had the time, one, to talk about it, to even get into it, uh, yeah. to connect on that kind of level. Everyone's just so busy. And I'm just like, wow. And I've, like I said, there's people that, I, my respect for them has even gone up because I'm like, wow, I didn't even know that. And oh, wow, wow. You know, it's, it's, it's been a good time. It's been a yeah. good time. Yeah. Amongst yeah. The, all the, the madness, obviously. But good <laughs> yeah, and bad and everything, isn't it? Yeah, of course. There's, yeah. You know, you can always find the silver lining and have hope regardless of kind of yeah. said, the craziness, the madness and the loss that's kind of happening out there. Um, exactly. You know, you've been you're keeping busy doing that, but you, you're always busy anyway because you've got kind of two other things that you work on outside of um, kind of the doing people's hair as well. So tell us about those other projects. Um, well, more recently, I've just set up a, a food um, <laughs> YouTube. 
So obviously being at home and there's only so much hair and advice and posts that you can do. There's still so many hours in a day. So I sat down and I was like, what else do I actually enjoy in my life? What are my other things that I'm really passionate about? And I actually really, really enjoy cooking. Mm. Um, so over the last, I've actually had an Instagram account that I've had for probably about two years because I've got an obsession with food and pictures. <laughs> I like taking pictures of food. I'm that annoying mm. friend that I'd be like, I need to know you're not eating yet. Let me take a picture first. And you're like, do I want to eat? I'd be like, no, I need to take a picture first. So I'm that annoying friend. I'm always taking food pictures. So I just had like a whole collection of pictures. And I was like, what am I going to do with all these pictures? So I decided to set up an Instagram account a couple of years ago. And I started posting just food pictures to that. And I was like, yeah, at least there's somewhere I can go back and kind of remember all the times. Mm. And then over the last week, I was like, I'm going to start cooking <laughs> and sharing my recipes. Because people always ask me, oh, Dion, um, you know, how did you make that? Or what did you put in that? Or how did you do that? So over the last week, I've set up my um, YouTube called Epicure Food and Lifestyle, where I'll be posting like food videos and maybe covering a little bit of travel when I do travel, because I used to travel quite a bit before all of this stuff happened. Um, so that's one of the things I'm doing. The other thing that I've got online at the moment is the Kafour Group, which is an online platform for hair and makeup artists. Mm. Um, and I was planning to bring out a year-to-year um, awards for the black community. But at the moment, with everything that's going on, I'm not kind of sure where I'm going to stand with that. Um, I did postpone it. It was supposed to be happening this year, but I postponed it to next year. However, I guess until we get to the end of all of this, I'm not sure where that's going to go. Yeah. I have to make a decision then, but they are other things that are in the pipeline. And yeah, I'm always, I'm always thinking about something new and how I can expand and kind of build on my empire. So <laughs> my mind never stops. <laughs> <laughs> but do you never get tired? I mean, what do you do to kind of, um, you know, what, like, cause you do a lot. So do you never get stressed or tired from it all? No, I'm, I need to keep busy. Like, and I think it's, I don't know if it's uh, what's the word? I don't know if it's like a problem with me, but when I'm not busy, I feel anxious. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm just like, no, nah, something's wrong. I, I need to be doing, and I, I always feel the need to be doing something. Like if I sit down too long, I'm just like, no, nah, I can't. It's, I feel like I'm losing my mind. So it's like, I need to just be busy. I need to just be, and that's not really a good thing, but I just need to keep busy. There's times like, don't get me wrong. Once the boom, I'll be like, All right, I want to go on a holiday now and just relax for a week or, but I don't like to be like now all of these weeks just being sat here. I, I can't. Like, I just mm. need to, I'm like, okay, what else can I do? Like, I just can't sit around doing nothing. So yeah. I actually, I get, I feel, I feel full being busy and being active. Mm. I'm not one of them people that would just sit down and just be in front of TV all day long, week after week. It's, I can't. My mind's yeah. too, too active for that. I have to, I have to be thinking of the next thing. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because some people, if you know, they were, you know, had a salon or going out doing um, styling people's hair and on their feet all day, also had a, you know, another business on top of that, family as well, yeah. to do, would burn out with doing all of that. Yeah. I think there's, I think there's balance. Like, mm. I, I, I won't exhaust myself. If I need to sleep, I will sleep. And if I need to take time out, I will take time out. But I won't just sit down and be kind of lazy or just like not doing anything. Like I have to be thinking every day, okay, what can I do to help myself? What can I do to improve myself? What can I do? You know, there's, there's balance in everything. Any, too much of anything is not good. Yeah. But yeah, I always feel like you should always be thinking about what can you do to improve yourself? What can you do to improve your brand? How can you complement your brand? What other strings can you add to your bowl? you know, and have like realistic 
targets like for instance if i was i want to launch my own tool but i'm not in a position to do that right now although i am researching that at the moment mm. so okay it's the pandemic you know finances are tight what can i do now in this moment that one i'm going to feel good about that i'm happy about so i was like okay i can cook food i'm cooking every day anyway so yeah. let me cook and film and maybe i could you know inspire others um mm-hmm. to cook and they can follow my recipes and out of that who knows where that will go but it's like thinking about what you can do how you can do it and just be realistic about your goals. But I always feel like we should be trying to improve ourselves and better ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. No, I completely agree with you. And, you know, obviously having worked with lots of celebrities and things and you've worked with, you know, Hollywood, Hollywood superstars, if you were, who, who have you not worked with that you would love to get a hold of their hair? Oh my gosh. Like there's so many women. (laughs) But um, I would say like, can I do like my top five? Yeah, you can do your top five. Go on then. Okay, so go. I would go with Michelle Obama, Oprah Winfrey, Angela Bassett, Viola Davis. Oh my gosh, who would I choose as my last, the fifth person? <laughs> oh. Mm. Dun, dun, dun. Drum roll, drum roll. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> who would I give that last one to? Because there's so many others that like, but yeah, those kind of women I, I, I would love. I would yeah. love to kind of... All their hairs all look on point now. So you, I think you could have a... That's the you, problem. <laughs> That's the problem. They're never ever going to need me in their lives. But one day they may just come to London and they may just need me to flick their curls or just zhuzh their hair. And I'm just praying that one day <laughs> that will happen unless they travel with their hairstylists everywhere they go, obviously. But yeah. It's hopefully. All, Fingers crossed. Yeah. Speak it into existence. You'll do at least one That's of their right. hair. Maybe you'll. That's right. <laughs> So looking back now to kind of like the person you are today, to thinking back to that, you know, that young kind of 16, 17, 18 year old that was doing their, you know, sister's hair and things. If you could give your younger self one piece of advice, um, what would it be? I would have probably said if I could, I would have concentrated, I would have recognised the calling earlier and just went at it properly from an earlier stage when things were easier to do and achieve back then. But I was dragging my heels a lot. Because mm. I actually didn't want to do it. And I didn't want to be like, oh, I don't want to be it. I didn't realise that hairstyling could be so beneficial, could take me around the world, you know, could make me an educator for a brand. Like, I didn't see that side of it. When I thought of hairstyling back then, I was just thinking I'm going to be stuck in a salon just doing hair all day long. I don't want that. Mm. But I didn't think about the other side and the other aspects of it. So yeah. it's only like sometimes until you walk in the shoes, you don't really know, which is really crazy, but they experience teachers' wisdom. So I would say, looking back now, if I had probably gone at it at an earlier age in terms of really focused on it, I think that it would have been an easier, um, I would have got things in a lot quicker. Yeah. It would have probably been a bit more of an easier journey. Yeah. But it was the resistance that kind of made my, my journey a bit hard. <laughs> Yeah, but I guess um, one of the beauties with your kind of career is that at least you realise what your talent was very early on. You know, there's some people that will be, you know, in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, kind of 60s and not even realise kind of, you know, what their talents are, what their purpose was and, you know, and have many regrets and things. So at least you can kind of look back and say, yeah, I wish I'd started earlier, but at least you got started and now you're here. Definitely. and And you're at an amazing level. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that, definitely. So... If people want to kind of keep in touch with Dion, you know, book you to style their hair, you know, find out, you know, get the latest tips and things. Where should people look? Yeah. Where should they go? 
So if anybody wants to find me for anything like Anika said, um, or mentoring, I offer that as well for any young hairstylists that are trying to like break into the industry. Um, you can find me via my website, www.dionsmith.com or on Instagram um, at Dion Smith Hair, Dion being spelled D-I-O-N-N-E Smith Hair. Um, yeah, and all my details outside of that in terms of emails are on my website. So feel free to reach out to me either way. That's fantastic that you do mentoring and things. Have you mentored many, um, many people over the years? Yeah, I've had um, about four or five people that I brought into my mentor programs. Um, I have different tier levels and I've also done a lot, a lot of one-to-one -one sessions. So I've done like a lot of one-to-one -one training. So I've had like bridal, natural hair, wigs, weaves. Um, one person actually booked me just for a whole session on like branding, how to work her social media, what, how to post, hashtags. So I kind of, I, I can make things tailored depending on the individual's needs. People want different things. So I, I actually enjoy doing that as well, helping where I can. So yeah, it's all good. Yeah. And it's good because it's good to give back to the next generation of um, talent within the industry as well. Exactly, exactly. So yes, that's me. Oh, well, thank you for giving your time to us today. And for those of you listening, you can catch every episode of the Black Magic Podcast by subscribing on ACAST, Apple, and all good podcast apps. Spread the word and share the magic. This podcast is produced by Unedited.